Welcome to the Grow With Tech podcast. Listen to inspiring stories and learn how businesses can grow with technology. Get inspired and motivated with the world's leading innovators. This podcast is brought to you by InfoShare, the biggest tech conference in Central and Eastern Europe. If any sector accelerates in the face of a pandemic, it is telemedicine. It offers a lot of benefits, faster diagnosis and treatments, lower costs, and increases the efficiency of healthcare. It looks like it will become an important part of post-pandemic medicine, and it still leaves a large space for innovators, like our today's guest, Wojciech Radomski, the founder of Cetomi, the startup who created the world's first intelligent respiratory stethoscope for home use. It is time for telemedicine innovations, but creating innovations is a road full of everyday challenges. Hello. It's me, Wojciech Giżowski from InfoShare, Grow with Tech podcast host. And today I will talk with Wojciech about new solutions in modern medicine, difficult business decisions, and expansion on foreign markets. Stay with us and listen to a new episode of Grow with Tech podcast. So, okay, Wojciech, I want to start from the beginning. Uh, where did the idea for the product came from? And how long have you been working on the final version of the cetoscope, of your cetoscope? So, uh... I created my first company, IT company, when I was in the university, and together with Pavel and Martin, we've been running it for uh, more than 10 years. And after 10 years, you know, I started to think how we can use our experience, the capital that we gathered, the connections, the business experience that we got to implement it into uh, something bigger than creating software for boring software for the companies. So at that time, it came into my mind that there is a huge potential in connecting IT and medicine. So it's funny, but um, I posted a note on Facebook saying that uh, we have such experience and we are looking for the medical doctors who has some challenges that we could help to uh, solve them. And this is how we met Honorata and TNJ, our, our current co-founders. In fact, they are not medical doctors, but they are PhDs and professors on the Adam Mickiewicz University. And they came to us with this idea of electronic stethoscope uh, as um, it was their real life problem. They, in many cases, they had a challenge that they have to go to a doctor just to listen to the kid's lungs. They also had a big challenge that different doctors were providing different diagnoses of their kid's lungs. Uh, so they thought it's a good idea. That's how we all started uh, our company. And we did that in uh, March or May 2015. Uh, but to the end of 2015, we were trying to get financing from the European Union. And finally, we started working full-time on Stetomy after getting the first investment from SpeedUp in January 2016. Okay, so you were working on your project before you launched it at these four years? Uh, yes, we have been working on the project already four years. We have to remember that we are talking about a medical device. In fact, two medical solutions because there is a separate medical certification for the AI algorithm and for the device. We also have to remember that the algorithm that we have created are the first such AI 
algorithms that are able to detect abnormalities in the kids' lungs, which already received CE medical certification. So usually for the companies like Philips or Siemens or any other big players, uh, to create such an innovation, it takes them 8 to 12 years. In our case, it was 4 years. Wow, that's a huge difference. Yes, indeed, uh, and we are, uh, you know, pretty uh, happy with with the achievements that we managed to get in uh, such a short period of time. You should be, of course. I remember one of our conversations back in 2019 uh, when you were giving me some advice about manufacturing uh, devices, medical devices, and you mentioned that you have a little problem with one of the series of the of the devices that there was some broken or something. You need to check it once again. And after that case, you hire a person who is now responsible for the entire manufacturing process. Uh, can you tell more about this case? Because I think that people who are doing in hardware are one to do in hardware needs to know this case. Yes, um, so uh, in fact, before we were starting working on our hardware, we were trying to get as much as possible knowledge from the market and from the other companies. So what we've learned uh, from the others is that it is a very typical case that when you are doing any hardware, uh, your electronic engineer will do it for you. The hardware will be working great. Uh, it will be performing very good. But after you will move it to the serious um, production line uh, and you would like to manufacture a lot of devices like that, then the problem started to begin. So uh, we at Stetomy, from the very beginning, we understood it and we um, managed to uh, mitigate that risk by hiring a very experienced electronic engineer, not only in creating such a product, but also in the manufacturing, because these are completely two different uh, skill sets and two different, uh, you know, experiences that uh, you need to have to avoid the problems in the future. Usually it's cheap to do a prototype, but it is then very expensive to rebuild that prototype for the final production. So how many prototypes did you make before you sent it to the production line? Well, we didn't count it that, uh, but there were a lot of them. So, um, you know, I remember the times when we were starting by connecting some microphones with the cables to some ready-to-go uh, PCBs and trying to listen to the sounds. Uh, we were doing different kind of cones for our stethoscope from different kind of plastics, uh, different kind of metals. Uh, so... If I would say if we would have to count all the different iterations, uh, there were more than hundreds of them. Uh, and then when we went into the production process where we more or less had our electronics ready and our plastic ready, and we and we went to the final you know assembly and creating the molding forms, then the process starts again, but on a bit different level because then every um, uh, part of the millimeter is uh, important in that process, especially when you are talking about such an sensible device like an electronic stethoscope. So there were also a lot of uh, iterations on the production uh, that happened. Well, 100, that's impressive, I must say. Okay, let's go to the medical industry, because both of us know that it's, like, it's characterized as be quite conservative. 
how did you manage to convince doctors to your technology? Because it's a challenge that each startup that is working in the medical sector will have to face in the future. Yes, it's a indeed very good question. So, you know, at the very beginning, before we started working on our solution, our idea is, was to create something that will recognize different kinds of the diseases. But when we went to a couple of the doctors trying to get their feedback about this idea, they didn't even want to talk with them, uh, with us, uh, because they were afraid that, you know, we will exchange doctors into AI. Uh, at that point of time, we decided that it's um, it's very important to change our approach. Uh, so it was the very, very early pivot where we changed our approach into not detecting the diseases, so not diagnosing the diseases, but provide a tool that will be supportive for the doctor and that will be detecting different kind of sounds that may happen in the lungs, based on which the doctor can make even better diagnosis. So by changing this direction, we managed to get a very good feedback from the doctors because they understand that additional devices uh, which are providing an accurate measuring are providing them the data that help them to make a better diagnosis. We can compare it very simply to the blood test. You know, none of the doctors is looking into your blood samples under the microscope. They ask the nurse to take your blood sample and send it to the lab. And the same thing uh, we want to achieve here when it comes to lungs. We want, you know, the patient to take the sample of the sound, send it to the lab, which in our case is the AI, and then provide the results to the doctor who will make the final diagnosis. Okay, so what was the hardest, hardest question or hardest topic that you have to uh, talk with doctors about? I mean, because I understand that you talk with them a lot of, a lot of times, maybe in, in, num in 100 numbers or even more. So what was the biggest problem, the biggest issue? You know, this is a continuous uh, process. And in general, from the very beginning, the doctors really liked our idea and they really liked our approach. So the biggest issue connected with the doctors was gathering the medical data. So it's a quite a complicated process to, you know, the doctors are already overwhelmed by the activities that they have during their daily basis. Uh, so when you ask them to do something additionally uh, during the daytime or even in the evenings, this is very difficult to get their attention and to get their time. So uh, to gather, uh, we already gathered over one million detailed sound talks based um, on over 38,000 different medical and descriptions from the doctors. To, so to gather such a big number of medical data, you really need to have a, a solution that the doctors uh, believe that they will help them in the future so they can, um, you know, give you additional hours during the day to provide you that data. So definitely answering your question, the, the gathering of medical data was the biggest issue uh, within our project. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking that you would say something like that because uh, as much as I know the market, every time is the same, gathering medical data and processing. So, yeah, I didn't want to, you know, um, flip it or say it earlier, but yeah, that's one thing that I thought. Okay, so I guess that a matter of trust is also a big challenge in the medical sector. So from your experience, 
do you have to trust a product like yours? And on the other hand, you're not, you're not, you're not afraid that you are giving people a medical tool for self-examination and maybe in, in the end, they won't need a doctor anymore. So first of all, we, we do not want to, you know, uh, exchange the doctors with the technology. As I mentioned before, uh, we want to improve the process, not to uh, remove the doctors from the uh, from the whole food chain. Um, secondly, about the trust, you know, we collected enormous amounts of the data, and we did a lot of medical studies confirming that our solution, in fact, is able to detect those abnormalities much better than the human doctors. In our most recent study published in European Journal of Pediatrics, we proved that our solution can detect uh, sounds in the lungs with um, uh, even 39% better than general practitioners. So, of course, None of the sol or none of the medical solutions will never have 100% accuracy. But by providing a solution that is 40% better than the doctors, we are improving definitely and process, and uh, we definitely you know give the value to the final patient. So as I understand, your goal is to save time for doctors to spend probably more time on their patients. Yes, uh, this is one of the goals, but uh, it, it, it rather starts at the patient's home. So according to the statistics, even up to 70% of the doctor's visits are unnecessary. These are the situations where parents you know, are afraid about their kid's health because of some small coughing or some uh, small snoring. So today do, they do not have any choice they have to go to the doctor. And our idea is to provide them with the tools that will allow them to check the condition of the kid at home without the need of uh, every time consultation with a doctor. Because if there is everything okay with a kid, there is no need for uh, having a medical consultation. But if our solution will give you an alarm, a message that there's something wrong, a detailed information will be provided to the doctor who will be able to make a better diagnosis. So as a result, the doctors can focus on the cases or on the patients that need the care most, uh, rather on, you know, just uh, uh, saying to 70% of the patients that the, the visit was unnecessary. Well, let's hope that in the future doctors will only have to have to the only task of the doctors will be spending time with their patients and analyzing the results before they go to the medical to the to, to them or to the medical office. Okay, so back to Stetomy. Uh, Stetomy is one of the most appreciated medical startups from Poland. How did you manage to build this position, and how did your path to global markets look like? Because you can say that that it's done already, right? In April, in April this year, you signed a contract with a large telemedicine service provider from Spain and France. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, for these good, good, very nice words. Um, in fact, you know there are five co-founders, and the whole team consists of um, nearly 25 people. And each of us is putting a lot of energy into this company. So. You know, the image that we've built is a result of a hard work of each of us uh, that is creating that company. Uh, we've been trying to be very professional from the very first day of the Stetomy existence. Um, so I think that, uh, of course, 
the, the first and most important aspect is the product itself and the idea. Uh, there is no doubt about it. But around the idea, we've built also a professional approach, starting from a logo, uh, going into the medical trials, conversations with the doctors, uh, scientific publications, proving uh, effectiveness of our solution, um, choosing the best investors, uh, this is also important as the cooperation with TTJP Tanga and Mantaray was very, is very successful for us. And um, this was a very smart decision to choose, uh, you know, already international, international investors. So all those aspects connected together uh, created this, this view of Stetomy. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, can you focus a little about how you entered the, the, the other market in, in Poland? Because, uh, sorry, as I remember, you, you were always focusing on the other market, the foreign market, not Polish market. Yes, from the very beginning, our approach was uh, on the European Union market. We were never focusing on the Polish market. Of course, we are working also with Polish players, but this is not our only focus. I believe that this is one of the biggest mistakes when it comes to early stage startups, that they want to start on the Polish market and then they want to, uh, and then they are not thinking about uh, going globally. So in our case, it was different. From the very beginning, for us, the homeland was the whole European Union. Uh, so without any borders. Uh, and uh, that looks like uh, is becoming uh, to be successful. Uh, we started selling our product officially uh, just this year. Uh, so the contracts that you are mentioned are the first contracts that we signed. Um, these are the initial contracts that um, hopefully enough will uh, succeed uh, much bigger with the bigger number of the devices. Uh, and uh, we are continuing our strategy uh, by talking with all the different uh, partners in uh, in European Union. Okay, you mentioned earlier about investors, so I want to uh, go back to it, to it. So how do you prepare for those talks and which was the hardest for you? Uh, can you give some advice for persons, for people and startups who, who are currently negotiating with their investors or will be in the future? So, you know, there are very different stages when it comes to the conversation with the investors. And for each of those stages, you have to be prepared in a different way. Probably for those startups that are starting, the most important stage is the presentation of the company. Uh, so their pitch deck and their initial conversation with uh, the investors. From my experience, uh, it is important to have the introductions. Uh, it's not always easy. But uh, we never were sending, you know, cold emails to the investors because we believe that this is not working. We were rather focusing on creating our image uh, within the investment world and um, get to know to investors through the relationships. And then, of course, the company presentation is very important. And in this stage, uh, based on our experience, it's very important to listen to others. Because when you are creating your projects, you are fixed with your idea and you think that everything is so simple for you, but it might not be so simple for the others. So in our story, uh, we've been, you know, uh, 
approaching many different accelerators, many different experts, talking with many different investors. And we were always trying to listen to them and to listen to their advices. Of course, finally, it's the board decision or the founder's decision in which direction they will uh, decide to go. And of course, you cannot listen uh, to every investor because in, in many cases, they will have different opinions. But it's crucial to take important um, you know, topics, uh, take the important lessons that, uh, that you can see from, from all of them and implement them into your strategy. So, um, uh, at, at this early stages, I would say that, you know, speaking to your friends, speaking to your potential customers, speaking to your family, speaking to initial investors, getting feedback from them, and then improving your pitch deck and doing it again, again and again and again uh, until you will, uh, you know, build a vision of your company that will be attractive to, to the investors. So as I understand, one of your strategies was to, to, to get the investors know about you before you even send them the pitch deck. Yes, it's uh, one of the one of the activities that we were trying to perform, like attending a lot of different competitions, winning them, um, uh, get, getting press to, to to talk about us. So when we were already connecting with the investors, they already got some basic knowledge about Stetomy, uh, and um, it, it it was creating a, a good image about us. I want to ask you about two personal questions regarding you as a as an entrepreneur, as a CEO. You mentioned it earlier that you have another company before you start Stetomi. So can you share your perspective on how to build a successful company? Uh, yes, it's true. As I mentioned, we, we together with Pavel and Martin, we are running our businesses for nearly 15 years right now. So the first company was that IT software house that we run for 10 years, uh, we sold it, and now we are focusing only on Stetomy. Um, so I would say two important factors. First of all, the team. From the very beginning, we uh, there were three of us that were starting that company, three of us with a completely different sets of the competences and uh, with a big level of trust to each other. So each of us was responsible for the different part, and the others were trying not to influence the responsibility of the others. By having the, such a team with different competences and trust within each other, we managed to, uh, to build successful uh, companies. And the second uh, important thing is the hard work. Uh, when we were starting Programma.pl, we were doing that uh, while we were still studying on the university. And when others on the Friday evening were going um, for the party and sleeping to the late hours on Saturday, we were working hard on our company and doing the projects for our customers. And uh, in fact, it, it lasts for the whole university period and we smoothly went into uh, quite a successful company, still working pretty hard uh, for, for what we achieved so far. Um, also today, when it comes to Stetomy, uh, there is a very big involvement 
which uh, each of us is providing to Statomy, not only from from the founder's perspective, but also from the uh, all, all the employees uh, that are working for us. So it's also very important to, to, to find a good uh, uh, and trustworthy team. Okay, so what was your most difficult business decision as a CEO of Statomy, and why did you make this decision? It's very hard to answer to that question because, you know, we are taking uh, hundreds of different decisions every uh, every day. Um, one of the uh, very tough decisions for us was regarding the previous investment round, where we uh, got a few different offers from investors, uh, which uh, were, you know, uh, which were providing us different values. And it was quite hard for us to decide which offer is the best for us. So on one side, we got DDJ Pitanga and Mantore, which was offering us a huge experience in the startups ecosystem and in the investment market. And on the other side, we got some uh, local venture capitals, which on one side were providing us much higher valuation so from the financing perspective, it was much better option for us, uh, but they were not so experienced. Uh, so, you know, when we were thinking in a money-wise perspective, of course, the offers from local market were much more attractive. But finally, we decided to take uh, the TTJ Pitango offer at Mantaray, which was less attractive regarding the financing, but as we confirm after two years, it was extremely successful when it comes to the knowledge that they have, uh, the experience that they have, and the values that they are providing besides the money. So I like to say that, uh, you know, when, when you're speaking about the value of the company that you're building, you rather should think about the whole cake and the value of the whole cake instead of your particular uh, your part your particular part of that company. Uh, so, in my perspective, it's much um, better to build a, a very successful company with a, a quite high valuation and have people inside who will help you and that will be part of that success, rather than uh, focusing on doing something on your own and having you know more shares in the company, but without having an experience, especially in the businesses like ours, when we are talking about the medical sector and moving into European or even global market. Okay, thank you for sharing this personal insights. So the last questions and probably a bit predictable. So what's next? What are your future plans? And maybe you plan to implement some new solutions to as an answer to the current situation of COVID and the future situation of uh, this contact with COVID because some experts say that COVID will hit again in September. Yeah, so from the very first day when we started our Statomy, we have one dream uh, and our dream is to have Statomy in every home uh, to help uh, parents and patients to have a better uh, care about their health care. Uh, and this is uh, this is our main focus right now, especially when we started sales. We want to bring the solution to the market. We want to start selling the, the bigger number of the devices, which, which will help patients in real life. And this is also connected with the COVID-19, because as you know, we are moving as a society into a telemedicine sector where um, a lot of uh, medical services may be provided through the telemedicine. So it's a great opportunity 
for us and this is definitely uh, the biggest um, focus for, for us right now. Okay, Wojciech, thank you for, for today's podcast. I wish you all the best and I hope that, I don't know, in two or in two or three years or less, I, can, I, will, I will find Statomi in, in, the, in the, every Polish home. Do you think in three years or more? Uh, well, let's say it will be within two years. Uh, that's the, let's, let's, let's set it as, a, as our target. Okay, so I'm keeping your words and, and I will listen to this podcast uh, two years from today. So today with us was Wojciech Adomski, the CEO of Statomi. Thank you, Wojciech, for your time. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Grow With Tech podcast from InfoShare. This episode has ended, but your time with us doesn't have to. Head on over to infoshare.pl and hit subscribe. You will be joining a truly innovative society and get inspired by the world of technology. That's infoshare.pl. Have a great day ahead.